All right, I'm ready to go. And Jay Cherry says, sure, let's go. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you everyone for joining us on this Thursday, January the 18th. Thursday is the day we play some tape about the big stories of the week, offer some thoughts, comments, suggestions, and uh, observations, uh, and uh, then move on about our days. Uh, Let's go to the first one, Jake. When I met with President Zelensky just last month, uh, right before Christmas, he said that the necessary ingredient is the proper weapon systems that they need. Um, there, there are certain things that are, that are needed to ensure that they can prevail. We need the questions answered about the, the strategy, about the end game, and about the accountability for the precious treasure of the American people. We understand that all these things are important, but we must insist, we must insist that the border be the top priority. That was House Speaker Mike Johnson talking to reporters here in D.C. After meeting with President Biden and other congressional leaders at the White House, uh, Biden really has been pushing for more aid to Ukraine. But Republicans are insisting, as you just heard there, that any funding package has to be paired with border security border policy changes. And this is all going on as Congress is really racing to pass the short-term spending bill to avoid a partial government shutdown that would kick in on Friday night. Uh, Worth noting that we've got more bad weather coming to D.C. in the coming days. (laughs) Now, and I say bad weather, but I'm from Missouri. (laughs) And D.C. version of bad weather is not Missouri version of bad weather or most other places that have weather bad weather but somehow this entire city shuts down with like two inches of snow it's it's astonishing to me (laughs) but nevertheless we've got some snow coming and so they're really trying to um possibly even move on this stuff tonight um Mm, but it's 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 dicey um because you know the Basically, in order to get this through, Johnson's going to have to do what McCarthy did and work with the Democrats. And, you know, it's also worth noting, Johnson said last year that he was not going to put another continuing Mm -hmm. resolution Mm -hmm. up for consideration. And he did it because they ran out of time. And they also they weren't working through the holidays trying to get this Mm -hmm. done. They went away and came back because there was no sense of a deal. So, um it's not looking great, um, but it it's also strange because there actually is like bubbling bipartisan agreement here on the need to do something about the border. But there is also this sense that there are some in the GOP who do not want an immigration deal under a Biden administration. Right. Right. And so... You know, they're playing games with the funding of Homeland Security, saying that it's a, a way to sort of punish them for not taking care of the do- border. But that will also make it harder to take care of the border. Uh, it's it's a mess. It's a mess up here and not just because of the weather. Yeah, right. it's just it's um, it's, you know, leadership means making hard choices. And those choices have to be made in excruciatingly short periods of time given how hard those choices are. And it's um, it's playing out now in real time. And I think just parenthetically, I think uh, the speaker underestimated how difficult this job is going to be. Well, I mean, the, he he never planned to be speaker. Well, that's, <laughs> so, a, fair I mean, that's a fair point. <laughs> I, I mean, there are a lot of negative things you can say about 
the Speaker of the House, but I mean, he took a job that was in, in an almost impossible situation right, right. Uh, to basically get Congress working again. And the fact that he wasn't prepared for a job, he had no intent. He did yeah, not fair. start his term doing. I don't know. Can't blame him for fair, that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's go to the next piece of audio. 60% of jobs in advanced economies over a foreseeable future are going to be impacted by artificial intelligence. That was the head of the International Monetary Fund. Her name is Kristalina Georgieva. I had her on the show like three years ago, and she had to run me through the pronunciation of her name like four times. Um, anyway, mm. so, so um, she was uh, at uh, a Bloomberg event at the World Economic Forum in Davos talking about some new research from the IMF on how the labor market could be impacted by AI, which, as it turns out, is a lot because just today Google has announced and other tech companies are floating rumors of laying people off because their jobs can be done by AI. So this is a real thing that is coming. And and those of you, which, I mean, full disclosure, was me for a long time after this first broke, by which I mean months because it's only been like a year. I was like, oh, come on, whatever. It's real, people. It's coming. It is coming. Yeah, it's definitely coming. I mean, we're already... It's already yeah, it's here. here. It's we're here. already right. seeing exactly right. massive yeah. layoffs. I mean, there have been layoffs in we're seeing them in the tech world for sure. And there have been lots of excuses about it. But we're seeing them in the media industry as well. I think some of the layoffs we're seeing in media are preemptively getting ready for the hit that AI is yep. going to take in yep. our industry. And um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good for us. No. But, you know, um, the, the, the best we can do is go into it with our eyes open, right? Be informed and learn about it and, and you know, take appropriate and, steps to protect yourself. Yeah, continue to build skills and, right. and get training because, I mean, uh, I, I, it reminds me of the movie Hidden Figures where... Oh, yeah. Remind, remind, know, pe- remind people what that was because not everybody knows. Yes. So Hidden Figures was the movie about the uh, black women who were... They called them computers for NASA. They were basically these expert mathematicians that ran advanced calculations for NASA in the, what was it, the 60s, I guess? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, these amazing women who were in this an incredibly difficult circumstance in a segregated space and were treated like garbage but were doing this amazing work. But there's an arc of in the, in the movie about uh, some of these women saw these actual computers being installed mm-hmm. in NASA mm-hmm. and took it upon themselves to learn how to work these IBM mainframes and learn how to effectively code and operate these computers. And so then when it came time to move into the system, they were ready for it and they were able to get those jobs even when their white counterparts were not because they saw it coming and they got ready. And I think about that a lot as we're in this moment, it's like, what is coming and how can you position yourself and take the initiative to learn what you need to learn to make sure that you're not left behind in the change that is inevitably coming? Exactly. And it was a really good movie, too, to boot. It's a great uh, movie. I'm go rewatch that. I was just going to say, it might, might be uh, on the queue there somewhere. All right. Uh, one more. Here we go. Hi, Brittany. Hi. Thanks for meeting with me uh, and Rosie. Um, We have an important meeting today. Uh, We finished our evaluations of 2023 performance. This is where you have not met Cloudflare expectations for performance. We've decided to part ways with you. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. 
stop them oh, right man. there. Woo boy. So that was a clip that has gone so viral on TikTok and other short video platforms of a woman named Brittany Peach who posted a video of herself getting laid off. And she knew it was coming because I guess all of her colleagues had been getting these like 15, 10, had these 10 to 15 minute meetings suddenly put on their calendars and then they were getting laid off. And during this video, she repeatedly asks for examples of how she hadn't met performance expectations and why her manager wasn't on the call. And she was like, look, I started here four months ago. There was three months of onboarding. And then it was the holidays when nobody was doing any deals. Like, And I've had nothing but positive feedback from my managers and all the people that I work with. How can you say that my performance is not up to par? And, you know, obviously, well, let me not say obviously, but it from that interaction, assuming that her narrative is is accurate, you know, it felt like a lot of corporate jargon just to pave over some layoffs. Mm-hmm. But it went very far and lots of people related to it because we've had all these, as we were just saying, all these layoffs in the mm-hmm. tech field, firms like Google, Salesforce, Force, Duolingo have announced layoffs. Many companies saying that the layoffs are re- due to a renewed focus on AI. The Duolingo layoffs got a ton of traction on social media. I was <laughs> seeing quite a bit of traffic on it on Mastodon. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's so weird to have all these platforms where people were saying that they used to be translators for Duolingo and like helping check translations and helping people, you know, edit the, the the software basically they had real humans helping in Duolingo and now all those people were feeling like the only that all of their work was being used to train the AI to replace them mm-hmm. and you know obviously Duolingo has an alternative narrative to this but as I said a few minutes ago this is real this is here and not many of us are immune and There's been a lot of research. Uh, I think it was the uh, IMF that did some research that found that white collar jobs are obviously going to be hit the hardest, but the more developed economies are going to feel this more because we have more jobs that can be taken over by AI than in less developed economies where they are doing more things that require your hands and your body and their high touch uh, skills. So, yeah. Right. All right. Last piece of audio for the day as we all panic about the future. Let's go. NASA faces additional challenges to meeting its Artemis goals. Of utmost importance is resolving technical issues that could threaten astronaut safety. The agency will need to do this while also addressing longstanding concerns such as unsustainable costs, unreliable project schedules, and the lack of transparency into funding needs. It's all about the budget. That was a guy by the name of George Scott. He is the acting inspector general of uh, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, testifying uh, before the House Science, Space and Technology Committee, talking about the delays in getting uh, people back to the moon. We're not going to send them around the moon until September of next year. And then I think the landing has been pushed till 2026. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, for those of us who are of, of spacefaring mindsets, I think that's just, it's a huge bummer. It was, it was really ambitious, I guess, to try to get it done this year, but it is kind of a bummer. It is kind of a bummer. But I mean, I think the bigger bummer is what you just said, that we had something ambitious mm-hmm. 
and couldn't meet that ambition for a variety of reasons. We go to the you know, moon, not think, because it is easy, but because it is hard, if I might quote Thank John you. Kennedy. I was there you go. Just, I was just about to talk about Kennedy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he was just go. like, <laughs> yeah. no, but you had the quote and I didn't. But just this idea that you can have a big ambition and a big dream and he was able to sort of rally yep. the country yep. behind it and get it done despite so many technical challenges. And we can't do that anymore. Yeah. And, and, and that makes me sad. Totally. And even if you do the regression analysis for different budgetary times and different, oh, by the way, political times, it's still a little distressing that we don't do hard things anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, when I was um, prepping for the show and looking at that and reading about some of the technical challenges that they're having mm-hmm. with this project, I wonder how much of that has to do with the distributed nature of this work these days compared mean? to back then because to get funding a lot of these contractors and defense companies and space companies scatter their work in targeted congressional districts oh, all oh, over the country yeah. so that some work is done in one place some work is done in others some work is done in others and then it all comes together as opposed to you know everyone going to like Fort Canaveral and just digging in and getting something done or the Johnson Space Center or whatever and having all these people together working on a problem. I wonder how much just this distributing the labor Mm -hmm. for the benefit of, you know, members of Congress and and donors and and votes and things has contributed to how hard it is to get these projects done. I don't know. Just my suspicious. Yep. Yeah. All right. That is it for today. Uh, Please join us tomorrow for Economics on Tap with your beverage of choice, water, mocktails, cocktails, concoctions, potions, whatever your little heart desires. Uh, The YouTube live stream starts at 630 Eastern, 330 Pacific. We will hopefully see you there. Today's episode of this podcast, which is called Make Me Smart, was produced by Courtney Bergseek. Our audio engineering by Jake Cherry. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Talia Menchaca is our intern. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. I still want to retire on the moon, by the way. I don't know if that'd be fun. It'd be cool for like a little while. It'd be exciting. Yes, that's true. Until you get bored of the gray. I like gray. Fair enough. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.